Preparation is absolutely essential. If you are not prepared, then you lose a lot of time. But preparation can only happen if you anticipate. Welcome to the Resilience and Leadership Podcast. I am Coach Anda Goseco. And I am Ian Santos. In each episode, we share our story and interview world-class Filipino leaders who are among the best in the world and who deserve a spotlight for all their courage and perseverance to greatness. Our goal is to recognize outstanding Filipino leaders who exemplify leadership traits worth emulating. Start a movement to enhance and elevate leadership capabilities in the country. Create a community that helps each other become better leaders. And inspire other leaders to elevate their game through integrity, malasakit, courage, inspiration, and resilience. As we strive to become that great one, we have to fuel our spirit with these inspiring, resilient, and courageous Filipino leaders that we have today. So if you are someone who leads a great workplace and engages employees, loves to achieve great results, or simply someone who aims to succeed as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now let's get to the show. Hello everyone. Today we're very fortunate to have with us the Chairman and Chief Innovation Strategist of Mansmeet and Fielders Inc. and Chairman of Waters Philippines, the market leader in the direct selling of premium home water purifiers in the country. He is Chairman Vice Chairman or Director of over a dozen companies, including an independent director of multi-award-winning Union Bank of the Philippines, a record-breaking and best-selling author, and known as one of the Philippines' most respected marketing gurus. He is the most awarded business educator of the Philippines, having been recognized as one of the Agora awardees in 1994, one of the 10 outstanding young men of the Philippines in 2001, one of the 10 outstanding young persons of the world in 2002, the first and only Filipino in business education given by World JCI in a competition of over 1,000 TOIM awardees. He is also one of only two Lifetime Achievement awardees in marketing education. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let me please welcome with us on the show a very special guest, Mr. Josiah Go. Ayan, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. Oh, hi, Joe. Thank you again for uh, the privilege and honor of having you as our very first guest in our show. Uh, really, really happy to have you here. I want to ask you, no, how would you personally define resilience? Well, I'm going to make it a little more complicated for you. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no? but I wrote about this during the COVID uh, crisis. I studied 45 companies in 17 countries or, or from 17 countries. And, uh, and what I have discovered validated my belief about resilience. No? Uh, and really, there are four different interdependent interdependency. It's social, it's cultural, it's physical, it's mental. And we can talk about this if you're interested. 
And these are all the four interdependent strengths that enable you to cope with major challenges. So, you know, unless there are challenges, you won't know if you are uh, resilient or not. So that's the basic level. It's like peeling an onion. So you have, you understand your meaning. Well, what does that mean? And it means that you have a growth mindset and it requires positive attitude so that you can take setbacks as lessons learned. Otherwise, you know, you, there's an adversity and you feel that, you know, you're a loser. And the final onion that you will build, the final level is that behaviorally, you have the ability to see the big picture. That's important, seeing the big picture. Because people just focus sometimes on the adversity. They are not zooming out. So, and they have to zoom out. They have the ability to see the big picture in what? In two things, in communicating and inspiring confidence. Yan. So that others can solve challenges. They would have the ability to say, if he can do it, she can do it, I can do it too. That's a very important thing, no? Confidence to yourself and to others. So it's my sophisticated way of explaining to you resilient, not to oversimplify, but to make sure that I over-explain instead of oversimplifying. That's why I love uh, having chats with you, Joe, no? uh, whether online or face-to-face. I always learn something new, always different perspectives of simple ma- simple things, but look at the different way, in a different way. And, and you know this, I always see you as a, a positive challenger or a positive uh, you, you always challenge the norm you're not someone who thinks like the majority right i love what you said about inspiring confidence as a leader one of the things that inspiring leaders have is they're very optimistic especially during challenging times right and that's where you see where the resilience is now i'm interested to know from your perspective joe aside from optimism Are there other characteristics that one needs to maximize or learn in order to be a resilient leader? Well, actually, yes, no? Optimism is something to do with the mind, but there are other variables related to the mind. So I'm gonna explain that to you. Uh, For example, if you understand meaning and purpose, you have a purpose, and if you understand that it's your chance to experience what it is really like to be human, because you're a human. How can you experience all the good things without the bad things? And you understand the meaning that you're being tested and it's a good thing, not a bad thing. no? And you keep on pivoting to find better ways because how else are you going to find better ways unless you are challenged? And when you find better ways for yourself, for others, until you have the right answer, we're educators. No? And then we said, so what's the answer to this? You have a temporary answer until you change your answer. You keep on pivoting. So aside from optimism, you have meaning and purpose. And there is also another thing called cognitive flexibility. What is that? It is the gift to do a paradigm shift. You shift your mindset in order to show compassion to yourself and to others. I see, you know, after all, how can, if you're resilient, you need to show compassion. Otherwise, you're going to have a mental health issue. No? Breakdown. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the courage to face your fear. 
uh, and to do what you are told you cannot do, which is what I really like because, you know, when I was young, people said, no, you cannot do that. Nobody has done that. No, As you said, you know, I like to be, I'm a contrarian in a good way. No? If you think it cannot be done, then I'd like to do it. And uh, you, so you face your fear and then you also have your brain fitness which is really, Ian, your ability to enjoy a variety and curiosity to learn new things and new challenges. Like, for example, my masteral studies was not in marketing, was in religious studies. And when I go abroad, I try to learn something else. So I shifted from marketing. Well, I started in sales from marketing. I went into uh, innovation, and then I went into blue ocean strategy, entrepreneurship, business model. I have six different lenses to look at things, no? Because, and that's my brain fitness. It's the ability to enjoy variety. It's like watching Netflix. You don't watch, you know, the same theme. And you know what I've discovered in terms of what's in your mind? Spirituality matters because it's your connection, your mindfulness beyond material things. Because many times if you face challenges, you're going to lose something. You say, oh my God, you know, I saved this all my life. And this business challenges, I'm going to lose everything. But spirituality keeps you connected with your religion and your mindfulness. You say, well, it's part of my experience. So these are things that are so important. And you talk about optimism. Optimism is just one of them. And you need to do that. Now. So I'm going to refer you to Dr. Stephen Southwick and Dr. Dennis Charney, my favorite for resiliency. They are actually multi-awarded researchers and doctors. And they studied prisoners of war. That's the most difficult. No, You don't know whether you're going to be alive today or tomorrow. And... And, but you just have to decide, I want to be alive. So that's the first thing. You need to decide. You have challenges. You need to decide that you want to be alive, that you're going to do this. But you know, you need role models. That's why it's important for us to know who are our role models. And I tell you, our role models are changing. My generation versus maybe the role model of the next generation. You know, just look at who people are voting. For example, during election, you will see the credential. I don't want to mention any names, but you will see role models are changing. The people that we look up to, this we have the desire to follow their footstep. And because we follow their footstep, guess what? You know, we become more resilient. And the second thing about social is the support system. If you, you and I, we have a support groups, no? And we will survive. We will be more resilient versus those who are loners. Why? Because we turn to them in times of crisis for encouragement and for perspective. So I shared you about the mind. I shared you about uh, social. I want to share two other things just to complete and make it sophisticated enough for you to understand resiliency. Two other thing is cultural. And cultural, if you are, you know, we have different cultures, no? moral compass chinese uh, has this character you know wei chi wei chi is crisis the first character is danger the second character is opportunity so there's danger in opportunity so culturally can you imagine the chinese rights crisis in his mind in her mind they're saying well there's an opportunity here 
and we have to survive this, no? And our moral compass is our inner guide to help us judge and act based on what we perceive is right or wrong. So culturally, it also helps us, all right? Uh, your upbringing, how, how, you know, what does your culture tell you? And the last thing, did you know, physically, if you exercise, you have body activities, it allows you to have better resiliency, better well-being, good health, no? And that's science already. So I'm giving you, I don't know how many I mentioned, I forgot to, maybe about 10. And these things are what you call the tools of resiliency, other than optimism, no? I hope I answered your question. Wow, it's like a master class in resilience. No, we can do a seminar here. Huh? <laughs> no, that, that's great, Joe. I have several pickups nor takeaways, no, but let me mention two or three. No, one is resilience is all about not just physical, but also spiritual and also mental. Another thing uh, that I struck me about what you said is two of the experts in resilience in the world are studied prisoners of war. And Viktor Frankl comes into my mind, right? He's a prisoner of war, and he was the one who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, right? And yep. I remember he said, and I just posted this in Facebook last night, no, after what happened in the country, that if you cannot change your circumstances or your environment, then you are challenged to change yourself, right? Yep. Very interesting. I uh, really appreciate your uh, masterclass again in terms of what resilience <laughs> is. <laughs> now, now, Joe, let me ask you. People know you best as a, a, the preeminent marketing guru of the Philippines and of our time, right? But you're also a very successful businessman. I'm interested to know, and I'm sure you have gone through a lot over the decades that you've been a businessman, different political, different economic crises. I'm interested to know, is there anything you want to share about certain challenges in business that you went through? and where you use your resilience or how you use resilience in order to continue to thrive. You know, first, let me thank you for your generous comment. Now you've given me credit more than I deserve. <laughs> Whatever I say comes from the heart, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, Mansmith and Filder is, a, is an advocacy-based uh, marketing, training, and consulting company. No? And in fact, we won the Innovation Awards in the Asia Business Awards 2021. Uh, we competed with 10 countries and we emerged as a winner. Of course, there are also so many categories, so many winners, no? And that's because we have challenged our assumptions. Everything for me are near truth. There is no such thing as it's truth. Everything is near truth. Everything can, our assumptions, and you can challenge them, no? But what's very important is did you know Mansmith and we're on our 32nd year? Did you know on our first year? I'm not even a trainer. I'm an accidental trainer. I'm an, I was an investor. I just invested as a businessman. I invested in a company that went bankrupt. <laughs> and I was teaching at the Ateneo at the time. Yeah, I was about to say you were a professor at that time, right? Yeah, I was a part-time professor. Very few people would know this story. I hardly share this, but it went bankrupt. And we said, well, you know, it was not operating for so many months. And I said, what if I revive it? But we had nothing. We lost everything. The only thing we have is a typewriter and uh, a little knowledge and uh, a little encouragement from uh, people, from my students that 
sir, can I get some of your lecture? Do you have lecture? No, I said, no, no. I just write it bullet point. I said, and that led me to write the book. But that's one thing. Huh? Joe, on the side, uh, people who are listening here, especially the Gen Z, you, know, you might want to Google what a typewriter is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. And many, many would say, gosh, you know, Mansmith is so successful. We have grown as a training and consulting company during COVID when many training company had to downside and were expanding. But I tell you, because 32 years ago, I took over a bankrupt company and I decided to be a trainer. I was not a trainer. I was an entrepreneur. No? I was a part-time professor, but it doesn't make me a trainer. So I think that's a lesson number one, is that you can visualize the future. And maybe my spirituality, and thanks to my, my parents, and thanks to my wife, you know, she had to drag me to church uh, very often uh, when we were newly married. No? I think the second thing is Waters Philippines uh, is now the largest distributor of waters by a mineral pot water purifier in Asia. No? We were in crisis before. We had to reinvent the business model because we were not making as much money. We were not making as much sales. And that's the reason why I teach business model from experience, not from theory. And that's also the reason why I disagreed with uh, the norm in business model canvas. And I said, no, this is lacking. It cannot be. There has to be 11 building blocks, not nine. No? Uh, and because of those personal challenges that I have experienced, and I said, no, I didn't survive with nine. I survived with 11. No? Interesting. Interesting. I hope our listeners, and I'm sure our listeners are learning a lot now, because this is a side of you that probably not many know, because they always see you teaching about marketing, going to seminars, you know, uh, doing inspirational and motivational talks. So it's really great. And thanks a lot for sharing all those lessons on resilience as a businessman. Joe, I wanted to ask you anything uh, you wanted to share with our listeners, not just about resilience, but anything you wanted, especially our young listeners. No? I'm a Gen Xer, and I think the world now belongs to uh, the millennials and the Gen Zs. So any particular things you want to share to them? Preparation is absolutely essential. If you're not prepared, then you lose a lot of time. But preparation can only happen if you anticipate. If you do not anticipate, so it's also challenging the concept of optimism. Because optimistic, you say, no, 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 there won't be any problem. But sure, you have optimism, but you have to tame it with a plan just in case. So what's our plan? So that it can save you a lot of time. And, and so that I think that's some more pe preparation. It's like Mansmith, three days after lockdown, we launched our digital platform. Uh, and, and people were surprised. They said, how can you be so far? Well, because we were prepared ahead of time. We wanted to launch two months after, but we said launch in three days time. No? It was not perfect, but we were willing to launch an imperfect digital platform. It was almost finished time, 90 plus percent, thanks to our IT head, uh, Romel Arizala, who's now a partner in Continuum Academy. The other thing that I, I want to share is that uh, I think it's important to, uh, is to have different revenue sources. No? 
And I saw many companies came to see me because I was doing free mentoring. People say, I have no money to pay you. Fine, you know, <laughs> don't pay me. Uh, pay me when you have the money or, you know, don't pay me at all if you don't want to pay me. What I've realized is they only have one single source of revenue. And I said, if you have one single source of revenue, that one is cut. Your whole livelihood is cut. That's right. So you have to start thinking about different. It might be difficult, but, you know, look at Mansmith. We have multiple revenue stream. We have in-house client. We have public seminar. We have conferences. We have advocacy, sponsorship. We have product placement. We have digital platform, six different revenue sources. Other training company, they have only one. You know, when companies start cutting budget, they got hit. No? That's important. I think yeah. it's very similar to being an employee, right? If you're, if you're only relying on your income from your employer and something happens, like in the pandemic, if you lose your job, then what's going to happen to you and your family? I just wanted to mention that. In your case, you can actually work a tandem with your spouses, no? the, the husband and the wife. One, is, one has this and the other has that. Uh, so that you can you can be sure, no? Right. I think the other thing is that I remember at one point in time when I was just starting in Waters and we didn't have very high capital, no? And over 50% of our net income, and we made money immediately on our first year. But through the years, every year, over 50% of our profit went to paying interest. I was working for the bank. <laughs> So, so sometimes I was joking with my friends. I said, no, I'm a banker. I said, why? Because I give them a lot of interest. <laughs> then I realized, so it forced me to start thinking, this is not good. I need to have a different business model. And so Waters Philippines became the first network direct selling company in the Philippines. From heavy indebtedness, over 50% of profit, we now finance water purifier for 36 months in-house. We're debt-free. And people say, are you out of your mind? 36 months? I said, yeah, and we're debt-free because we've been operating for a long time. And so that became our competitive advantage. It became your moat, what is called your barrier to entry, and competitor cannot do. And because I've done it before, I've committed my mistakes. And so many times, you know, young people, if you experience some mistakes, that's okay. And sometimes challenges, you need to pivot, but who knows? You might be like Ian Santos, very successful. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I hope I answer your question. Yeah, very well. No, I, I just wanted to share with the, everyone visiting here. No, you know, Josiah is one of my pseudo mentors. No, even if he doesn't admit it, he's mentored me a lot. In fact, I was uh, formerly part of Mansmith and Fielders through the Sensei Business Academy. And I really appreciate that time. No? I think it's one of my highly developmental uh, journeys in my training career. So uh, if I hadn't said thank you yet, uh, thank you before, just, I just wanted to express my sincerest thanks to you and Chiki for giving me the chance to be part of that family. And I consider myself still part of that family, kindly formally. Uh, if you don't mind and that's why also you're the one the first one that came to my mind in terms of who do i invite as my as our first guest the honor is uh, totally ours ian we we were so happy to have you no th thank you again joe and uh really it's always been a pleasure no speaking with you joe because i learned something new as i said earlier 
you know, I really treat you as a friend rather than a stranger. So <laughs> I, I hope our listeners really learned a lot and I'm sure they did. So thank you so much, Joe, for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for, for listening. listening. If you enjoy and find value in this episode, share this with a friend, leave us a rate or review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to get notified of our next episode. Talk to you next time. Remember to always stay resilient.